The Restless Heart Podcast, Episode 8. The Dump Him List. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Restless Heart Podcast. My name is David. And I'm Nessa. So, Nessa, what's this week held for you? Lots of sleeping. <laughs> Are you still recovering from being sick? No, it's just last week. It was my birthday, which was awesome. I went horseback riding, and then I went to Mass at 9 p.m. on a Sunday at Founders Chapel, which mm-hmm. is great. Um, I don't think I'll ever do that again unless it's an emergency. <laughs> Um, and then CIH had their yacht event, which went really, really well. And now we have the money to open the home. So Excellent news. Yes. And so... Um, Is there a timeline on that? Uh, we're trying to get it to by the end of the year. Okay. That's, that's our goal. And so this is the one for minors, yes? Yes, for minors, once we have the community care licensing done. And then uh, later after the yacht, my coworker took me out to the Shout House in downtown. I don't know if you've ever mm-hmm. been there. So much fun. And it was my birthday, so they were all serenading me. It was great. Oh, that's nice. (laughs) And then uh, my grandfather's been in and out of the ER all week, so I'm a little sleep-deprived right now. Is it still a pacemaker that they're thinking of putting in him? He has some kind of monitor he has to wear at night, I guess, that, I don't know, calculates his heart rhythm Mm -hmm. to see if he really does need one. I think he does, but my family's freaking out because I say pacemaker and, like, alarms go off. I'm like, guys, relax. It's quite routine these days. Yeah. And then uh, I had a small church. It's what we call Bible study at Our Lady of Mark Carmel. So mm-hmm. all different communities kind of just disperse, and they meet at someone's house, and, like, literally any age group is there. So I have, like, a 9-year-old, and then I have this awesome grandma and grandpa there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> During my years of Protestant church, they use that model very heavily. Really? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. Well, particularly if you're, if you're part of a mega parish, you know, one that's very, very large, this is a way of building community. Yeah. No. No, I highly recommend it. It's a lot better than, like, feeling like I'm in lecture hall, you know, just a mass of 50 of us in a Bible study. I'm like, eh, it's kind of hard to be intimate there. Mm-hmm. And then I saw you on Friday at Kevin's birthday party. Yeah. At the Belching Beaver. Yes. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. Anyways, how was your week? It was good. We had another meeting of the Eagle and Child, this time at Milano's, one of my favorite little hidden away coffee shops that most people don't seem to know about. Where is it? I'm not going to tell you. It won't be hidden. No, it's in Mission Valley. Okay. I just think of cookies when you say Milano. I think of St. Ambrose from Milan. Oh, okay. We have different thoughts. Yeah, we do. (laughs) (laughs) And we also had a parish work day. So I belong to a small parish, which means I think it's about once a quarter. Everybody piles in and we clean the place. We do the gardening. We sort out everything else that needs doing the classrooms for Sunday school. You volunteer for this? Mm -hmm. I'm mopped a mean floor. (laughs) Aren't you stealing jobs there? (laughs) Well, they didn't pay me, so not really. Unless somebody else out there wants to do that for free, in which case they are more than welcome to take my spot. So, Nessa, you're leading this one. What are we doing today? Talking about dating. Oh, goody. (laughs) So we're going to talk about the typical signs that you would see in a man. And you're like, okay, time 
time to leave, time to walk away. In other words, time to dump the guy. Mm-hmm. It's like Red a band-aid, flags. you know, take it off. <laughs> so this is a list just according, molded to me. So, I mean, every woman's different and some of us can agree and some of us can disagree. And I would really like to hear, uh, ladies, on your thoughts on this and gentlemen as well. So my first one is he doesn't have healthy female friendships. Mm-hmm. Can you guess that one, David? You asking me to name people? No! Because <laughs> <laughs> I'll name them. I was told recently by a priest, only because I was struggling with an emotional boyfriend, is what he called it. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't dating anyone, but I was constantly seeking emotion from this particular guy. I'm assuming there are emotional girlfriends as well. Absolutely. And so I actually experienced this with one of the guys I dated. And um, whenever I wasn't available, he would go and like I would see later on Facebook that he went to like the Santa Monica Pier, went to Disneyland or whatever with this other girl because I was busy writing a paper. And I'm like, what was that? What gives? Like, what did I do? You know, I was just busy and like it hurt and he didn't understand. And I didn't know how to explain this. And so, ladies, if you're going through that, um, if if your boyfriend um, does that, that would make her his emotional girlfriend. And so you need to talk to him about that. But if he doesn't see that as a problem, you're going to have to dump him because this will always be a problem. Like, do you want this problem to be um, consistent in marriage? Does that make sense? Yeah. And so, David, do you feel like there are women out there who do that as well to guys? I think it certainly does exist. I've seen it more in the single life when people aren't dating but they use each other emotionally. Mm-hmm. So they're the person that you start texting at 10 o'clock at night just to, just to get that emotional high, that emotional connection, although you're not dating. Mm-hmm. And then also physicality. So there's our women, because you know, we have our five love languages and physical, physical touch is one of them, and that's even mine. And there's some women that I feel like they go a little too far with the physical touch, like you know, pat in the back, you know, maybe a hug there. But I mean, when you're just like, your body's constantly next to my boyfriend, that is not okay. (laughs) (laughs) You're talking to somebody who doesn't like holding hands at the Alphada, so I'm good on that score. Uh, Why? Well, I don't know. Don't touch me. I don't know where you've been. (laughs) Um, But I'm just also vigilant of physical um, behaviors because I create exercises with my actors because if my actors do not show in any way, shape, or form that they're in love with that person... um, like just it's like it's all about the little things you know Mm -hmm. and um if i don't see that in my actors i'm just like okay i'm not believing it we need to try again and so anyways that's just me this is probably why i'm single (laughs) (laughs) so my second one is he doesn't speak well of your family or he doesn't treat your family well Mm -hmm. have you seen this oh yeah when you start dating somebody if you're going to marry somebody you are marrying into that family as well So if there is tension there, that's something to seriously consider. And particularly, that's usually the easiest way to win somebody over is to treat the people that they love well. So if somebody can't even be bothered to do that or finds your family that annoying or that irritating, that's not a good sign. So one guy I dated, I was really upset with a particular family member and I was speaking poorly of them, of mm. my own family. Mm-hmm. And then he had to stop me and just like basically say, you know, maybe this person acted this way because of X, Y, and Z, you know, so it's not completely their fault. And I'm just like, whoa, that's, yeah, you're right. 
and like who am I to say that like they've been they've I've known my family my whole life and they've known me my whole life and so the least I can do is love them you know when it's hard to love them and so that was that was a good boyfriend (laughs) but if he's encouraging me to speak poorly of them then that's how I know it's a red flag that this isn't going to be a good start in a relationship if it's going to lead to marriage I think it's like most sins relating to speech if somebody's gossiping to you about somebody else what do you think they're doing about you when they're yeah when you're at odds Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. but if you do decide to keep this guy in your life um, just remember that family events um, cannot really be avoided because how are you going to supposed to avoid Christmas birthdays funerals weddings babies being particularly your own wedding yeah oh gosh yeah that's gonna be horrible And then you're going to be very isolated and you're going to feel very lonely. And that's, that's not what family's about. So the third one for me is the way he looks at provocatively dressed women. Okay. In what way? So one recent event, I was eating out with some friends and our waitress was just like, boom, cleavage up in your face. And so there were, I was surrounded by all Catholic men mm-hmm. and we all just got out of mass. And so I was like slightly watching them um, try not to make it obvious on where their eyes were going. So the guy um, on my right was just like looking everywhere. Like he was just looking at every single wall he could think (laughs) of. I was like, oh, poor guy. And then the guy in front of me was completely reverent, was looking down and um, when it it was also looking at her eyes too. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that takes skill. And it's one of the only safe places to look in moments like that. And then the guy on my left was doing the same thing. He was just like looking all over the place. And then when she was talking to him, then his eyes were locked. So I thought that was uh, just, I was trying really hard not to laugh. But I thought that was really interesting seeing those different reactions. Because if I was on a date with either one of those guys, um, I would only be comfortable with one. All the other ones, I'm just like, calm down, just relax. And then I actually have dated guys who actually just stare. They just stare and it gets on my nerves. Mm. And... Uh, anyways. Well, it just shows that they're very easily distracted they're, for a start, which generally is all kinds of life problems. But in particular, if you if your head can be turned quite so easily and be so focused, and ultimately it doesn't end anywhere good, reducing somebody to a collection of body parts. Yeah, and it also makes me feel really horrible inside because I put all this effort into getting excited for this day and getting dressed and putting makeup and all that and then just gets flushed away in like three seconds. Fourth one is how often he checks his phone. (laughs) Oh gosh, millennials. Every two seconds, every three seconds, every minute, every five minutes, every whatever. Stuff is happening on Facebook. I I need to check. And Instagram. If I see that finger scrolling. I, I, I hope just has an Instagram account is one of the items on this list. And it bothers me. And one time I was dating this guy and we were at Cold Stone and we just left the movies and he was flipping through his Instagram and then he stops on this one image and it's basically a provocative image of mm-hmm. a woman in lingerie. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. But I knew that like this relationship wasn't going to last that very long and I was terribly hurt. Like it, I was in front of all my friends and I'm just like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. Is like being a date with me not that entertaining to you? I'm sorry. Well, I think both this and the the previous one, it, it speaks very highly as to where you are in the list of priorities, that you are behind the provocatively dressed waitress. I am behind, yeah. That you are behind his Instagram account. I'm not sure I want to go with the rest of this list. <laughs> <laughs> 
the fifth one. Does he make time for his family and friends, especially in times of need? I like to help my family and my friends when they're in need, whether we're close friends or not, because you never know what's going to happen in the future, whether I'm going to like move far away and be away, and like friends are my family. That's one thing I do admire from the students at JP Catholic. Like 90% of the students there are not from California. Mm-hmm. So their friends are their family. Like Thanksgiving, I had like so many people at my house. I'm like, whoa, what is this? It's like a Friendsgiving, you know? <laughs> yeah. But everyone was from different states, and I thought that was beautiful. And um, same with family. Like my family has been there. Like, okay, so my grandfather in the ER all week. So my family are taking turns. He has, like, six kids. One's, like, in a different state, and two of them live in a different county. And so we're taking turns watching my grandfather and staying in the ER to communicate because all he speaks is Spanish. And then, you know, he's scared as well, so we want moral support there. I just need to know that I have someone who will be there when I'm tired at night and bring me coffee or bring my family coffee, you know? And like same for my friends. And if he can't do that for his own friends and family, it's going to be foreign when he does it to mine. Who who is he going to routinely put number one, himself or other people? And if it's himself, that doesn't bode well. Number six. Does he help the community or the parish community? Well, you help the community, David. Oh yeah, doing well. <laughs> oh, a red flag I haven't hit. That's reassuring. <laughs> Um, like, especially with his talents, because I like to work alongside um, the priest and the parishioners, because I feel like that's important, because that's how I actually got to know God, was volunteers and just priests taking the time to talk to me, even though I was just a horrible little teenager at the time, <laughs> getting to know God. So when I'm with a man, I want to be able to work alongside him, serving others and serving our Lord. So it goes beyond going to Mass, praying, and attending social events. I just want to help others as if they were family. Mm. I see this as an extension of the of the previous one. Mm-hmm. If he makes time for friends and family when they're in need, does he also do that with the church? Number seven, needs to have a relationship with God. Surprise! Oh. we took this long. <laughs> Every guy I've dated has been Catholic, but they all had different walks with God. And it's one thing to talk about God, and it's another thing to know God. And it's also another thing to accept God, I guess you could say. Because I don't know about women, but like you can tell where someone's walk is the way they talk about God. Oh, absolutely. Like, I, I shared about the non-Catholic Christian that I dated, and you only had to hear her speak about God to know very clearly where God was in her list of priorities. When I discovered that the person I was with didn't have a solid relationship with God was when, when our relationship got really tough. And, it's, and I was just telling him to go pray and like we can do a holy hour, do whatever, and he didn't want to. He said it was a waste of time, basically. And I'm, I was hurt, and I'm just like, well, that's what I do. You know, why, why, why can't you do it? <laughs> you know? I think I think you can grow, and you know one of you can lead the other into a deeper relationship with God. But I think it does very much depend upon willingness. So my girlfriend, I saw her relationship with God, and this was something beautiful. I knew I didn't have the same quality, but I knew I wanted it. But it took time for you to realize that she had a relationship, or did you figure it out? No, that didn't take very long. Not with her. Uh, No, for me it took a while. Um, Number eight, must be honest with me. This, I cannot stress how important it is for a guy or just anyone in general to be honest with me. 
His honesty helps me to be confident and open with him and not afraid to hurt his feelings with my honest feelings. So this one takes a tremendous amount of practice because, you know, sometimes you just want to gloss over. Like, Uh like it's no big deal. Kind of like how I do in confession, you know, like (laughs) it wasn't that bad. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, I'll, I'll freely admit this is, this is one area where I really suck. I'm not great at giving people honest, brutal feedback and telling them either where I'm disappointed or where I'm angry or where I'm seeing something in them that I really don't like. And what I will say from personal experience is that just stores up problems for later because it's going to come out at some point and it's going to be damaging the relationship. Mm-hmm. I think the only thing I would say is it speaks to a trust issue. Number 10. Does he share about his day? Does he ask about my day? Or let me talk about my day? Or is this a conversation just like one-sided? Like it's all about his day, it's all about my day. It's like, can we have a conversation, you know? Mm-hmm. See, for me, this is back to the waitress and this is back to your phone. So it's a, where is your focus? Where are your sense of priorities? Because if you have a relationship where whenever you speak, it's only ever one side that's asking the questions and the other side doesn't reciprocate, it speaks as to where you fit in the grander scheme of things. And is he asking you genu- uh, like genuinely? Like, is he just is it automatic? How was your day? And he's just looking <laughs> at his phone, you know? That's my ex-boyfriend voice. <laughs> <laughs> it also foreshadows the rest of the relationship that hopefully goes into marriage because when you're old and gray, are these conversations, again, one-sided or a two-way street? And honestly, if you're in the side that's always asking the questions, it's exhausting. <laughs> Seriously, because you're the one that's always having to bring the questions and you don't feel like you are appreciated or interested. And it ultimately means that that person doesn't know you. No, they don't. After after some relationships, I felt like I really should have got an honorary doctorate in this person. (laughs) It's like I, I know every minute detail of their life. But at the end of other relationships, I'm not sure I could give the diploma to the person that I was dating. I didn't feel like they really knew me. Yeah. Yeah, I can relate to that one. Number 11. Who are his friends? Or are his friends a big secret? This one is big for me also. I guess they're all big for me. Why am I saying? <laughs> they're all equally important. Because how do I know if I'm not some girl on the side? Mm-hmm. And um, if I'm important enough to mention in front of his friends and his family, it's like, okay, so I am the only girl in your life. Cause if not, why would you mention unless your family is good at keeping secrets and, oh, there it goes again, dating some other girl, you know, I can't keep track anymore. <laughs> That'd be awful. I'm if, sure if, there are like, you know, situations like that. If, if a friend of yours is introducing you to their new boyfriend, girlfriend, and you really want to ruin it, uh, you either must open them with, so which one are you? Or, oh, hi, Cassandra, oh. or Lily, or James. <laughs> Just get the name purposefully wrong. It's like, oh, sorry, that was the last one. It's hard to keep track. You need to give these girls some name tags. <laughs> <laughs> it also shows that he's serious about the relationship, if he's willing to mention you to those closest to him. And also just let you into his life. Because if you want to get to know him, well, who's he hanging out with? I can't remember who said it, but somebody says, you're the average of the top five people that you spend time with. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. In a homily. So if somebody's hiding their friends from me, I want to know why. Yeah. 
So that basically sums up the top 11 qualities and what I look for in a man just before I dump him. (laughs) (laughs) So in summary, ladies, you are not a placebo for affection. You are worth the hard work that comes from sacrifice. You are worth dying for. You are worth being reminded of your worth in God's heart. You are worth being the only woman to occupy his heart. You are worth being told the truth at all times. You are worth being heard and accepted. You are worth to have someone by your side in your walk with Christ. And as adopted sons and daughters of the Prince of Peace, you are a princess of God who deserves a knight clothed with the armor of God. (laughs) Now I need an ice cream and a glass of wine. (laughs) (laughs) All right, David, those are my flags. What are yours? So when you sent me a message and just gave me the title. I, I did I did write down a few things that spring to mind. So, okay, so David's red flags. I always get a little worried if a girl doesn't have stable, close female friendships. If they are always falling apart, if there's always loads of drama there, that for me is a big red flag. Hmm. I need somebody No, calm. that makes sense. Yeah, I know a lot of girls who are not stable <laughs> with their female friendships. Exactly. And there are a few that you mentioned as well, like doesn't treat her family well, doesn't treat your family well. If you can't stand her friends, so if you can't stand her friends, so if you love spending time with her, but the rest of her friend circle drives you crazy. They're not going to go away. (laughs) Exactly. They will probably outlast you. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I, I, I named a few archetypes like the gossip, the one who just can't help but talk about everybody else. The princess, the one who demands that everything be her way. Now, you dated a princess? No way. No. I'm not saying I've dated these ones. I'm just saying. But you've been. You, I'm just saying. You were interested when, in one. When I when I see this, it makes me a little scared. Now, obviously, <laughs> I always want to treat a girl as best like as princess. I possibly can. Yes, but I think there is a difference between allowing that to be received and demanding that in every aspect of her life. You have to define princess. Mm. Have you seen Mean Girls? I have. The Plastics. The Plastics, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Now that I've uh, ripped up my man card by admitting <laughs> the fact that I've seen <laughs> that. Oh, no, no, it's okay, let's, it's okay. Let's move I on. like this. Let's what else on. have you seen? <laughs> no, 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 we're not talking about that. <laughs> I spoke about drama before. The Drama Queen. Oh, the theater department. Every little yeah. thing gets blown up into this huge thing. It's really great to date someone that goes, eh, it's not worth fussing over. Wonderful words to hear. (laughs) Uh, We spoke about people that don't ask questions. I'd also say someone that's generally stingy with affection and affirmation. I mean, I have a fragile ego, as you can quite clearly see. (laughs) But it is nice to be with somebody that is... Okay, Nessa, get off the floor. Get off the floor. But it is nice to be with somebody who is affirming. And particularly affirming of the better parts of you. I've dated some girls who made me an infinitely better man when I saw the way they reacted to gentlemanly behavior, when I went that second mile. Next one. She complains about every single ex she's ever had and can never say anything good about any of them. Yeah, it's hard for me to stay friends with girls like that. Well, it's concerning because it's possible that they were all terrible, terrible people. But if you can't see some good in them, I mean, if you dated them, there must have been something that drew drew you to them. And if you can't speak kindly of them, it's kind of like someone that gossips. Mm -hmm. If we break up, am I now going to be added to that list of guys who are just the worst? 
Oh, but you're going to be the exception. Well, but then one. once you break up, it's like, darn it, I'm on that list. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I have a blog. I can write my side of the story. Oh. I would be so dead if I did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if she can't compromise. Now, and again, there's, there's levels mm. here because there are some things she absolutely should not compromise on. But there are also smaller things that don't matter. And if it, it, this ties in with the whole princess archetype. If she can't compromise on simple things. Such as? Well, just always wants her way with everything. Uh, what time you're going to go out, where you're going to go. Um, Sounds like Sheldon Cooper. Yes, <laughs> yes. That's my if, spot. If, if you're dating Sheldon, yes. No, I have to go to the bathroom yes. at this time. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can't eat there. Today's Tuesday. <laughs> yes, yeah. Although you say that, but I think Amy Farrah Fowler would be my ideal woman. Ooh, I can see she that. She is amazing. Yeah, she is. Uh, and next one, the flake. The one who can just never follow through with any commitments in life. That's That's, that's just going to drive me crazy. That's Wait, just, what that's about, just not what if she's last. late all the time? Same thing. Same thing. Same thing. <laughs> Look at his face, guys. Oh, you should see this. <laughs> it's fine if traffic was, was really wow, busy. But if you David. are always late for everything, if you always bail at the last minute. Yeah. And the last one for me is... How does she treat waiters and waitresses? That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Cause Tell me a story, David. <laughs> okay. There was one time I was on a date, and a little bit later in the date, the waitress came and brought us free drinks. Oh, nice. And my date said, I wonder why she did that. I said, because you scared her. <gasps> oh, no. It was because of the way that she had spoken to the waitress. The waitress was... Terrified. Was terrified of her, so brought her some free drinks Aww. to placate her. I mean, I was very grateful. I needed a drink at that point. <laughs> but I think it speaks a lot if you can't treat other people gracefully. It does. If because you, they're it, a human being. You exactly. can't just, like, they're not your punching bag. I used mm. to work a customer service job at the mall, and I was everybody's punching bag, every single mom, every desperate housewife. And it's not your fault. If there, was a, if there was an issue, it could have been anywhere along the line between the waiting staff and the kitchen, somebody changing shifts, not being able to read handwriting. You might have actually have even made a mistake in your order. Oh, yeah. It's just life happens. And you just have to be understanding of it. And some people aren't. Yeah. So what do we do? We pray for them. <laughs> you ask for humility for them. Well... If you go out to dinner with them, they scare the waitress into giving you free drinks. So oh. at least there's always an upside. Well, thanks for leading this episode. Uh, what does this week hold for you? Well, at this point, whatever God has planned, because I had a crazy week last week. Mm-hmm. Um, but Thursday, feeding the homeless. What about you, David? Well, this weekend is the Catholic Answers Conference. That's right. Yep. Everyone's going to be there. Everyone, all the cool people. Okay, well... Please like, share, and subscribe. Write us a review on iTunes and Google Play. You can always contact us on the website, restlesspilgrim.net, and tweet us at David and Nessa. And this will be the last week that we will be doing the Jackie and Bobby Angel giveaway, their Catholic devotional for your marriage. If you would like a chance of winning it, please follow us on Twitter, at David and Nessa, and send us a message. You made us for yourself, O Lord. And our hearts will wander restless until we rest in you. All you holy angels and saints, Pray for us.